On this episode, we will go into the basics of asset protection. So I say it throughout the episode, but I want to say it right here in the beginning. Disclaimer, this is not legal advice. Please speak to a qualified legal professional in your local state. And this is just an overview. This is not legal advice. But the three things that you're going to learn are what are the three levels of asset protection? Who doesn't need asset protection yet? So hopefully I can save you money to hear. Maybe you don't need to go down the road of spending a lot of money just yet. Find out who that is. And then at the end, we go into asset protection, not really apply for. Who can usually rip through a lot of these, if not all of these strategies? As always, if this episode helped you or brings you value, please do me a favor and share with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're doing great. I hope you had an awesome week. If you're catching this right when it recorded, it's dropping towards the end of the week. So I wish I I missed last week, so I apologize for that. But uh, the good good problem is the business is growing really quickly, so didn't have time to record one last week. But here we are this week. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, we do have two formats. It's like today is the first type. It's a solo where we can dive really deep into topics related to finances, taxes, cash flow planning. Then the other time we bring on a guest and that guest could be a wide variety of of different business interests. They could be an online business owner like yourself talking about some of the things they've overcome and but the majority of them are they they support that the online business community either as tax professionals, sales, marketing, real estate, whatever the case may be, they bring their their own area of expertise and uh, hopefully help you guys out. In the solo episodes, there's typically a little more tactics that you can get into. Today's going to be a little bit of a blend of that. So as you clicked on this, obviously, you know, this is, this is an episode about asset protection. Now, I'm going to say this in the beginning, and I'll probably pepper this throughout the entire podcast. I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. This is meant to help you navigate what's out there so that you don't think that if you want to protect yourself, that you need to immediately start spending tens of thousands of dollars because there's smaller strategies. And again, even the small strategies, I'm not saying you don't need a lawyer for them, but it can change your perspective or your fear that you're going to walk in front of somebody with a simple problem to solve and try to get sold some extremely complex thing that you may not even need. Let's let's start there. If you're listening to these fairly regularly as they come up, obviously, I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is dropping in the middle of September 2023. If you're listening to this now or you're listening to it in the future September 
just remember that the 15th, September 15th is a, a tax payment deadline. So it's the Q3 tax payment. So if you want more details on how to pay that without needing an accountant, you can go to episode 56. And I go into how you can run that calculation pretty easily and without the help of a tax professional. So you don't have to rely on someone. The September payment's not so bad because, well, tax professionals are busy again, but it's not as bad as the April one when you're trying to get help. Okay. So let's dive into the asset protection. And I think I want to start in the first place where this isn't even legal advice. This is more just general financial advice. First, ask yourself not an uncomfortable question, but just a general question about do you even have do you even have assets to protect? And I don't mean that in any disparaging way, but if you're new in business and depending on your age, maybe you have student loans, maybe you just bought a house and there's tremendous amount of debt, very little equity. Maybe you don't have any assets. Maybe you just have a savings account or whatever. If you don't have assets to protect, that might be the first place to start in terms of like, maybe you don't need asset protection. And that and that's going to be the general theme of where I'm going with this today is if you don't have that many assets, you want to be realistic with yourself and keep that mindset when you're talking to someone to see if they're trying to sell you something that you don't need because again you don't if the elaborate asset protection strategies don't apply to people who have very little to protect so just keep that mindset that there's levels to this and we're going to go into that but but that's the first question to ask yourself because when we start hearing like hey I need an LLC I need this I need that there's advantages to those things and we're going to talk about it but if you have nothing to protect that might be the first place to begin where you're just like, okay, just, I'm just going to get the business going and not worried about getting sued because what would a, if you're a lawyer, what would you really get from you? And so that's something that we talk about on many episodes when we're talking about the LLC. The LLC doesn't save you taxes. And when you get to a profit level, switching that to the S Corp is where you save taxes. But if you have no assets and you're just trying to get your business rolling for the cheapest possible then you could be a sole proprietor with no entity at all. And conversely, if the business is not where you want it to be yet, and you think you need to do an LLC for asset protection, but you don't have assets, then maybe don't stress yourself about building the LLC if there's not going to be tremendous tax savings and you're worried about getting sued, but you don't have assets for someone to sue and take. So... Just want to throw that out there because, again, the, the general theme, I don't want you going and getting sold a bunch of shit you don't need and paying a lot of money. So, again, keeping it general, I want you to understand how liability works. There's two types of liability that, that can occur, inside liability and outside liability. So, what's inside liability? Inside liability is inside of your business. So that refers to what your LLC protects. So your LLC protects you personally from what happens inside of your business. So for example, if let's use real estate because that's easy for people to wrap their head around. If you have a tenant in real estate and they fall and get hurt inside of your rental property and that's in an LLC and it's protected, that inside liability stays there. 
it doesn't leak into your personal life where someone can come after your personal assets. So that's inside liability. Again, it's inside of the business. It could be rental property. It could be an operational business, but some liability occurred and it's in theory stuck inside of that business. So whatever's inside of it is up for grabs, but your personal assets should be protected. Now, then there's outside liability. And that's basically you are that outside liability. Like if you're texting and driving and hurt somebody, that does not protect your business because that's a liability that's outside of it. And quite frankly, these are the the tougher ones because LLCs are one-way protection, meaning you're protected from what happens inside that LLC. The LLC is not protected from what you do. So that's the problem with a lot of asset protection strategies or that they're the inside liabilities are quote unquote easy for lawyers to help you with, but the outside ones where you're doing something in your personal life that could create a problem for your business. So that's the outside liability. Again, that think of outside being you are outside walking around, you hit somebody, you run someone over, that impacts your businesses. So again, that when you're talking about the outside asset protection, you are looking at the more advanced planning where you're going to sit down with a lawyer and most likely can anticipate much higher legal fees. So then you're, so let's talk about the basics. Like when you're talking privacy, when you're building a revocable trust, when you're sitting down doing your estate plan, you could easily have your trust not in your name. Like when, when you think about privacy, like the first level of protection is, I, I feel like a lot of people call it like a, almost like a camouflage. Like it's not actually protecting you per se, but it makes it harder for people to find what you actually have. So it's not protecting you to not use your name on your trust, it's not protecting you not to put your name on an LLC that owns real estate, but it does make it harder for people to see what you have. So maybe it dissuades people from wanting to sue you because they take a look and don't see any assets and just move on. Those types of things won't necessarily stop someone who's hell-bent on suing you, but it might make it easier for someone to overlook it. So that's like really the level one we're talking about, like the basic level, the privacy. But also, here's a few more. Knowing the creditor exemption rules in your state. So when you have a primary residence, for example, every state has an amount of equity that's protected by that state. Some, it's great. And some states don't have it at all or, or very, very little. I think Pennsylvania doesn't have this at all. And Florida was made famous because uh, O.J. Simpson moved there, protected his entire residence from his civil judgment. So knowing that in your state and doing what you need to do to, to get that, because again, I'm not a lawyer, but I believe in some states you have to like file something. It's not just given to you. But talk to a lawyer in your state. But that's an easy one. Go grab that. Your creditor exemption rules in your state. Next basic one, good contract practices. So make did you get a contract made for your services that you're offering in your business? Do you have a good contract for your tenants? Again, you, the, a lawyer can help you with all this. This is not legal advice. This is just helping you navigate what conversations you should be having with qualified legal professionals. Insurance. This should not be the be-all, end-all. There's a reason umbrella policies are super cheap. If you, if you have an umbrella policy, you know that you can cover multi-seven figures for pennies on the dollar. 
And it sounds too good to be true because it sort of is. It pays out very infrequently. So that should not be, that's why it's in level one, because it shouldn't be like, oh, well, I got umbrella insurance, so I'm good. Now, this one that is also very basic, termed like equity stripping. This is basically where if you have a million dollar property and you own it outright, and this might be something that's a challenge for your parents because they got rental properties or primary residences or family vacation properties that are fully paid off. And that's awesome. And as I'm recording this, we're in a pretty high interest rate environment. So that's even more exciting for people, how all that equity is making them vulnerable to a creditor if, God forbid, something happens on that property. So stripping out that equity by having debt, now a giant portion of that property is not owned by you. It's owned by the bank. So any person who sues you has to be behind the bank. So they've looked at million dollar property with an $800,000 loan on it or mortgage. They realize, okay, they start doing the math. They're like, okay, that million dollar property gets sold. There's closing costs, there's broker fees, there's the bank gets paid back. And then my client gets this and then I get, okay, there's not much here. Let's move on. Again, start, they start doing the math. Like what's, what's left for them after they sell a million dollar property and lose all those expenses that come before their legal fees or before whatever the case may be. Again, that's, an, that's a very appealing strategy to younger people because they were like, oh, that's perfect because I was going to do a cash out refi anyway to buy more assets and keep the cash flow going or buy another business, whatever the case may be. That might feel a lot less appealing or it might even feel like a very expensive option to someone older who's like, I've got the cash flow I need. I just don't want to be a landlord anymore or I don't want to do this. I don't want to buy another property. And I don't want to, I don't want to borrow at eight, nine percent, whatever, whatever it is for you. So that one can't be taken with a grain of salt in this interest rate environment, but it's a quote unquote legal strategy that you don't need a really a lawyer for at all. Like it's just using, you know, some common sense there. Like, oh, if I if I don't own the property, it makes it less appealing to someone trying to sue me. So now we move to level two. And again, some of those that I just mentioned, you can you can refer to it as like if you're just starting out, maybe just bought your first rental property and you already have a fair amount of debt on it, you might be like, oh, cool. Like I did I bought my LLC. I know the rules. I got the the equity uh stripping going on already. You might in that scenario be like, I don't even like obviously I'm still saying talk to a lawyer, but you don't have to think like, shit, I need to spend all this money for elaborate situations. So now we get into level two, adding a little more protection. So it's not just camouflage anymore. We, we've got some, some barricades here. And that could be using, whether it's for your business or for real estate, multi-layers. So maybe you don't own your business, but you have a parent company that owns your business inside of a holding company or a subsidiary. So you start adding layers of LLCs or S-Corps to your operational business. Now, there's some tax strategy there as well, especially if you're in partnerships. But just from a legal perspective, that might be the next level for you. Start splitting up. What that's doing is like you're splitting up the liability from one business to another. For example, if you've got... Why am I blanking on things? But like if you've got an e-com store that's super low risk but doing very well in terms of cash flow. And then you've maybe got, I use extreme example, you got like a bungee jumping business. You wouldn't want those in the same entity because one's got enormously different risk profile than the other. 
again, so now you start talking to a lawyer and it's like, it's not just a tax strategy. Like, hey, can I use my LLC for more than one business? Because from a tax perspective, a lot of times, yeah, you can. Like you don't need to, especially here in Nevada, I'm in Vegas for people who don't know, if you're a new listener, it's expensive to have LLCs here. Like there's a lot of perks to being in, in Vegas and Nevada, no state tax, a lot of really good protections here, but they know that and they charge you, I think it's like 400 a year, maybe it's 450, I forget, per LLC. So people aren't too excited to have 10 LLCs because they're running 10 businesses. So you might want to commingle them, but depending on the risk profile, you want to separate them accordingly. Now, again, that's a great conversation to have with a lawyer. The same concept applies to your rental properties. You want to have different LLCs breaking up that equity. So if you own 10 properties and you have them all in one LLC, one person, one of your tenants falls and gets hurt on property one, that lawyer sees all 10 as an opportunity. You start breaking them up by uh, equity, meaning if you got a bunch with very low equity, they could in theory stay together. If you've got one that's paid off or it's just worth more, maybe that's all by itself. So again, this is where you want to bring a lawyer and you're level two here. So you want to spend the money to sit down with a qualified lawyer and say, what, what's my risk and how, how do I start protecting it? And depending on the state you live in, again, everything I'm talking about today is, is just meant for you to be educated on what's out there, but then go seek a, a professional in your area. It also gives you the tools to not get taken advantage of, hopefully. In a lot of states now, there's what's called a series LLC. So that's nice here in Nevada because, again, I just said it, it's expensive to have an LLC, but it's also annoying to have multiple because then you have to have a different EIN, different bank accounts, all this different stuff. LLC, series LLCs allow you to have one LLC with one EIN, but it can be broken into different slivers, for lack of a better term, different series, <laughs> but it allows you to get to separate the liability for those properties but still have one EIN. So it's it's more of an administrative help, but with also adding the protection. So talk to a lawyer about how to do that in your specific state. Again, not all states allow you to do this. So I've talked about it on multiple episodes, but I'll bring it up again. You got to protect that corporate veil. So here in level two, we did all that. We just talked about LLCs on top of LLCs and doing all this stuff. But if you don't protect the corporate veil, it's all for nothing. And now this is not my story, but one of the colleagues that there, I guess, I guess I could say a tax mentor that's also a tax lawyer talks about all the time was there was an infamous case where a, a plane crashed and there was obviously a lawsuit. People died, unfortunately. And what happened was the company was, I believe they had each other planes in its own LLC to protect the parent company. So what ultimately ended up happening was in that lawsuit, the plaintiff was trying to get to the parent company to sue there. That's where all the money was. And they were getting stopped at the subsidiary saying, this is where you, this is all you can get is this tiny little company, like take the insurance money and this is all you get. But through asking a lot of questions, the plaintiff's attorney discovered that the parent company was paying the salary for the pilot in that subsidiary. That broke the corporate veil, which allowed... So again, you're just like commingling now. 
That's not the way they should have been doing it. So breaking that. So again, talk to your a lawyer about how you need to specifically protect your corporate bail. But the general idea is you need each business to pay its own bills, to have its own contracts, to to not commingle funds. Don't pay for business B's expenses with business A's corporate card and vice versa. So that was an infamous case that we hear a lot in, in a lot of the, the conferences and stuff that we go to to talk about this type of stuff where, where taxes and asset protection overlap with a lot of strategies. But again, so you got to protect. So after you do all this, you, you paid lawyers, you built bank accounts, you got contracts. Now it's up to you to follow all the boring administrative procedures. Okay. Now we get to level three, which is like advanced. And I'm going to give you very vague on a lot of these because I'm not a lawyer and these get complicated. But I want you to know them because I want you to realize that you kind of you work up to these. If you sit down, like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, where like you don't have very many assets or maybe you just started, you just bought your first property or you just started investing, then if you're sitting down and someone's talking to you about the things I'm about to mention... That should hopefully, after listening to this, be a red flag for you to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Like I, I understand that these are legitimate and helpful, but I'm not there yet, so I don't need to pay for it. So, the first one is a domestic asset protection trust, or ADAPT, D-A-P-T. These are used for primary residences. And again, I'm not an expert on these, but the the general idea of it is that you're putting your house into an irrevocable trust. So if a liability occurs, then your creditor can't touch your primary residence. So it's kind of nice in that it doesn't it doesn't allow like the the primary residence to get disturbed if you want to do some of the other strategies. But just know that if if you are if you have a multi six figure or higher equity in your home, and you feel like you're at a higher risk, this might be something. But again, after you've already done some of the earlier things that we've talked about in terms of like your creditor exemption rules and stuff like that, your homestead exemption creditor rules. Okay. Now, the next one we're going to talk about is called a COPE, a charging order protection entity. What this basically means is you, if somebody sues you, and there's only, I think, six states that allow this, Wyoming... Ohio are the two that I think Alabama, I forget all of them, but basically the way this these entities work, and you would you would in theory have them be the parent company. But the way these work is that if there is a lawsuit and they're coming after all your rental properties because you did something, instead of a judgment saying liquidate those properties and give them five million dollars or two million dollars, whatever. It gives a charging order to the properties, meaning that if you ever liquidate or take a distribution, your creditor has dibs to it. So obviously you think to yourself, well, then I would never take a distribution. And that's kind of the point that it's a, it's a moat around your assets, not to make the creditor lose per se, because that judgment's still there forces them to do something because otherwise they'd be like, oh, let's come after all your assets. But instead, they see that 
cope charging order protection. And instead, it forces them to talk about a settlement because otherwise they know that, especially if you're young, it's like you basically need me to die to come after this money. So again, talk to a lawyer, but those are getting advanced. And then the last one is like offshore trusts, offshore LLCs, irrevocable trusts. I'm not even going to dive into them because, but I just want you to know like these can be legit, but they're going to be expensive. And I want you to realize that you you need to have very significant assets before that should be the conversation. So again, if someone's talking to you about doing this right out of the gate, I don't know, that, that's, a, that's a red flag to me. And one thing that, or there's a couple of things I want to bring up. All these strategies that we just named, you can just assume that these protections don't apply to two two places, two people per se. One's the IRS. Again, the IRS can rip through almost all of these, if not if not all of them, if you're if you owe them money. And the other one is a spouse or ex-spouse. So again, like you could have the if you're hiding assets and doing all this stuff from a messy divorce, usually an ex-spouse can rip through these strategies too. For it's for third-party creditors that that we're really talking about here. So let me wrap up with one last point. And I, I kind of wish I said this in the beginning, but I didn't think about it until till just now. Retirement plans. Now, again, we talk about like self-directing, so I'm not talking about what to invest in, but retirement plans have asset protection to them. So same thing, like a lot of like whole life insurance policies or like the IULs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, those all have their own internal, oh my God, totally blank, their own internal asset protection. So I want you to realize that, again, this gets back to the beginning. If you are just starting out and you're buying stocks in your IRA or you're buying real estate in your IRA or you you just started a solo 401k, you have asset protection from all of those things uh, depending if it's a 401k plan that's with people, like if you have employees, then you have federal protections. If you are solo or you are like in an IRA type of thing, then your protections are state by state. But in general, each state has pretty decently high minimums. Again, talk to a lawyer, but I can't emphasize enough. So if you got just a few hundred grand in these assets and I don't want you sitting down and hearing all of a sudden about like, you need to go to Wyoming and have these privacies and copes and all this stuff. And here's a five or $10,000 bill. Like you should be like, holy shit. Like it might sound cool, but you don't need any of that at, at that point. Most likely, again, I'm not giving advice, but I'm saying like, that's the mindset you need to be having. So hopefully this is helpful. Again, normally we talk about tax stuff. And again, I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice, but I think it's helpful for you to understand the landscape that there's levels to this game and you don't need to have nothing just because you can't afford all the crazy offshore stuff that you might not ever need. So hopefully it's helpful. As always, have a great week and share the show if you don't mind and if it was valuable. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you for joining us this week on Build Your Wealth Muscle. The links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes. For video clips and more information on tax and retirement strategies for fitness entrepreneurs, please follow my Instagram at the Pat Darby. If you found value in this episode, please do us a favor and share with a friend. If you tag me, that'd be appreciated also. Lastly, for help implementing any of the topics discussed, please book a call. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.